0: If you're a business owner and you have a legal dispute, you often go through mediation. And if you're wondering about what to expect there, that's what we're going to talk about today along with some tips on how to be successful in mediation, how to effectively advocate for the best deal for you and just some, uh, some basic questions that my clients often have as they're preparing for mediation. Let's start out first what is mediation? Mediation is where two parties in a dispute, this might be a lawsuit or it might be prior to a lawsuit, but these two parties want to give an effort at trying to settle their differences and usually they've been unsuccessful on their own even with their attorneys and so they decide to go to mediation. At mediation is a person designated as a mediator. This is usually a judge, an attorney, or an expert in the particular area that you are trying to resolve through mediation. The mediator's job is not to advocate for either side. The mediator doesn't make a decision like a judge in a court or an arbitrator. The mediator's job is to help the parties get to some resolution and usually the mediator does this by helping the other side understand each other and helping each side think through logically the real costs of moving forward in a dispute. For example, you might have mediation in a divorce where the parents might be trying to avoid legal fees. They might be trying to avoid harm to their children. The husband and wife are divorcing and they want to figure out how to get what they want accomplished in a settlement. And so the mediator might spend some time talking with them about what are their goals. And often that means an effective mediator will help them identify goals they maybe hadn't identified prior. Obviously, they want some sort of financial arrangement that is beneficial to them. They may want some sort of custody. They may want some rules in place that are advantageous to them. But what else do they want? Usually, couples going through a divorce want some peace of mind. They want to stop fighting. They want less negative energy and toxicity. They want peace for their children they want their children to grow up in a loving home without fighting and arguing. And so these are the things that an effective mediator will help the parties focus on because often in litigation or prior to litigation and disputes, parties, especially in a divorce, are focused on retaliation and resentment and bitterness and betrayal and all the hurts. But to get a deal done, takes focusing on what is best for that deal all right so that's an example of mediation in a divorce case with children let's talk about business owners let's say you have two business owners who have found that they cannot get along They're partners together they've been working together for a while they stopped trusting each other there's been a sense of betrayal maybe they're not even talking The mediator will help them focus on what they want. Well, one might say, hey, I want a lot of money and I want to be out of here. I want to never deal with that person again. And By the way, most of the time I hear from clients, they'll say, Aaron, I would rather pay you the money than let that scoundrel or that jerk or some other word get any of the the money. Unfortunately, some lawyers will take advantage of that vulnerable emotional state, but good lawyers will not. And a mediator will help the business owner focus on what do they really want to achieve here? Well, one thing is, if you're running a business and the two owners are fighting, that business is often distracted by that fighting. Maybe distracted is putting it lightly. Maybe there's chaos. Maybe it's affecting profitability. Maybe great employees are leaving or about to leave. So often a mediator will focus on business owners, what do you want to accomplish here? And if you want the most money, that means let's take care of the business, which is generating the money. We've talked about how mediators will help the parties think through what truly matters to them. And often that's below the surface concerns for some of those fundamental concerns and values. The next thing a mediator will do is help business owners or parties in a mediation understand what are the costs of moving forward and what are the odds of winning? I was recently in a mediation where it probably would have cost $200,000 for each side to fight out this intense legal battle in the courts and let's just hypothetically say they were fighting over $3,000. Okay so in total even if the winner won and got the full $300,000 they'd still be out $200,000 in legal fees which means their net benefit of litigation is $100,000. But they could lose and in that case They'd be out the 200,000 or maybe even more. So as you can see, sometimes thinking through the odds of winning and the cost of actually getting a decision at trial may not make it a whole lot of sense to actually go to trial. The other thing that the mediator will help the business owners focus on is the distraction of depositions and discovery and all the negative energy associated with going to trial. It's a long process. And You, as a business owner, if you're in a dispute, if you resolve that dispute and you settle, you can go back to focusing on what makes the business successful, the thing that you love to do, rather than being distracted by the negative energy, the bitterness, the anger, and frustration related to a lawsuit. There's an intangible, emotional, energy-level benefit which I believe results in a very tangible monetary benefit if you can settle a case. So a good mediator will help you think through all of that. All right. so next question you might have in mediation is, hey can we just dispense with all the games and the dance where both parties make a little offer, make a little move, make a little move, make a little move and eventually end up in the middle. Can we dispense with that and just jump to the middle and say hey. This is our one and only offer. Take it or leave it. Well, when I started to practice, I thought, you know what? Why go through the whole dance? Why go through the whole game? What I have learned though is the best practice is to go through that process because often parties in a mediation are, and I'm talking about, let's say the other party, they are not ready to set down their ego And to focus on what matters most until they have gone through the process that a good mediator goes through it's kind of like marital counseling think about it first time you sit down if the counselor just said hey why don't husband why don't you do this and wife why don't you do this and all your problems are solved no nobody's going to make changes overnight there needs to become an awareness of what's important to each individual and they have to have a confidence in the process. They have to figure out what steps they are willing to take and then talk through what does it look like when taking those steps. In other words, there's a process and mediation that you need to go through. And that means not necessarily compromising too much at first. You want to start out with an exchange of information. There's also the old saying, whoever offers the first number loses. I don't think that's entirely true, but it is a fair point that whatever your first offer is, you're never going to get a better deal than that. And you're probably going to be asked to compromise from there down. So if you are going into a mediation, I'd recommend you work with your attorney and the mediator to gradually move towards where the deal may end up at the end of the day or at the end of the mediation period. By the way, it's my experience that rarely do parties settle a case in the morning of an all-day mediation. Usually they start getting to pretty close to final offers, like 1 to 2 p.m. Sometimes, if we're planning to end at 5 p.m., the real bottom line numbers offered by people are coming at 5 or 5.30 or 6. And that can be kind of frustrating. I had one mediation go until almost midnight because we were so close, but then we had to draft up the settlement agreement and we can't let anybody go home because if they go home, they may not come back and have the same willingness to settle. So once the parties have come to a, a common agreement you need to get it written up and signed so I often encourage the mediator to talk with all of the parties about coming to a settlement or or coming to real numbers early afternoon yep let's go ahead and exchange some information let's start with some lowball or highball offers but let's start getting to brass tacks sometime early afternoon so that Ideally, by three, we know if we have an agreement which we can write up or not. Admittedly, sometimes it just isn't possible and mediations can go quite late. That's another tip I'd encourage you if you're going to a mediation not to have a flight going out that evening because many times you are so close to a deal, you just have to stay a little bit longer. So I always tell my clients, keep your schedule open for the evening because although you're welcome to leave at 5pm, you might decide, we are so close, let's just try to figure this out. Sometimes mediations are all about the money, but they don't have to be. Often the best or are the most likely ways to get a settlement in a mediation is by getting creative. For example, let's say one party wants $100,000 and the other party says, I'm only going to pay zero and you might think, okay, well, they can negotiate and try to agree to some dollar amount, but sometimes they just get too far apart. Let's say the first party says, all right, I want $70,000 and that's my, my lowest offer. That's my best offer. And the other party says, we'll pay $30,000. That's our best offer. How do we get creative with that? I mean, as you can see, it can end at a stalemate. Great attorneys in mediation and great mediators will explore creative options, such as maybe instead of a fixed dollar amount, it can be a payment plan over time, perhaps a monthly payment with an interest rate. A business owner might say, I can't pay $30,000 now, but I am willing to pay $50,000 if I can spread it out over a couple years. What are some other options? I've actually seen two parties who are in a mediation, and they don't hate each other necessarily, but they had some sort of business disagreement. I've actually seen where they were able to not only work out the money piece, but it was because they were able to work out some other business deal together that ultimately it was a win-win for both of them. I'll give you an example, and this is a hypothetical. Let's imagine that you have a manufacturer of a, a custom product for a customer. The customer said they would pay $100,000. The manufacturer prepared this product and it cost the manufacturer $30,000. The manufacturer may say I want 100000 The customer may say I can only afford 10000 But here's a creative option. The manufacturer has virtually no use for these products, these custom products, maybe they can sell it to the customer at some sort of a discount. So for example, if the customer will pay $50,000, the manufacturer will release the product. As a result, the manufacturer gets $50,000 more than they would have if they're just stuck with these products and had nothing. And the customer is able to get a deal on the products. There are other scenarios, but getting creative and really thinking about what other business possibilities might we do. Sometimes a party wants an apology and they'll, they'll allocate a dollar amount to that. Like, hey, if we get an apology, we'll accept $20,000 less. Maybe they want an apology in writing. Maybe it's an apology in writing that's not confidential, but instead can be used to repair some reputational problems with employees or with customers of the company. Other terms that are negotiable might be a confidentiality agreement. It might be a non-compete. I once saw where two parties said, all right, we're going to agree to a settlement here. And if one of the parties agrees to a non-compete, we'll have a $100,000 value associated with that. So the settlement amount moved by $100,000 if one party would sign a non-compete for certain particular clients or prospective clients. Another feature that we often see as part of a mediation is a confession of judgment. I'll explain what that is. If one party says they'll make payments over time and they don't, what's the other party going to do? Well, now I have to sue again for breach of contract. They don't want to have to do that. So when the parties put together a confession of judgment, It's a document that says if the party who's supposed to make payments doesn't pay, the other party doesn't have to sue. All they have to do is go file that confession of judgment with the court. And that's like winning at trial. You get an entire judgment. So a confession of judgment is a way to show one party is really committed to making those payments and if they don't, it's like they lose at trial. It really gives some teeth to a promissory note or settlement agreement where one party is agreeing to make payments over time. That confession of judgment might also have attorney's fees in there. So if the party doesn't pay as they said they would, the other party can recover attorney's fees for having to file that in court and maybe even for the entire process. Hopefully this gives you some tips and understanding of the process of mediation and what to expect before you go through a mediation yourself. This, of course, is to raise topics to discuss with your attorney. Don't necessarily rely on this. This is general internet educational information. Obviously every scenario is different and I encourage you to rely on the professional judgment of the mediator and attorney that you use as you are going through mediation. You might wonder why do I do these videos? Well, I'm a business attorney in Minnesota. I work for business owners and entrepreneurial companies, but as I learned throughout the years, a lot of tips I realize that it can provide a lot of value to people to just put these out on the internet and pass them along. A lot of times I'll send these videos to my clients to help educate them on what to expect which avoids having to spend time with my clients for which they're paying my attorney's fees. So it's a great way for my clients to get information. It's also a great way for the public to benefit from what I've learned through the many years of being a business attorney working in the legal process and working with a lot of business owners. If you're interested in avoiding some of the problems that are common with new businesses, feel free to go get my free handout. It's available at aaronhall.com free and you'll also get a few exclusive videos that are not available anywhere else online so you can learn more about how to avoid some of the common legal problems in your company. Avoiding legal trouble, avoiding the expense of attorneys and hopefully, achieving more success in your company and your life.